girl. What's good? We are, we are just to set the scene for you guys. We are currently sitting in a closet in my house. I'm really claustrophobic <laughs> and it might be really echoey, so I apologize. We're moving into our studio. Do, do, do. <laughs> and I am moving this weekend, so we have like everything is really echoey. So it's utter chaos as it, per usual. <laughs> but it's awesome. Are you surprised? So we're that. like, okay, let's find the most unechoey place that we can. It might not be better. It might. It might I mean, be that trash. I can hear myself right there. I don't know. I know. If it's better if I'm farther or in more inward. <laughs> So bear with us on this one. Bear, bear with us. Well, with Samantha, because I'm like, come on, just jump in here. And she's like, oh, this is so scary. I'm like, remember when we recorded with Tyler and I was like, what's your most irrational fear? And you, whatever, this is it. Closets. It's not the closet. It's like the claustrophobia of the closet. I think it's great. Oh, I don't like it. Ah. <laughs> so we are going to jump right in today because Samantha's super uncomfortable and I don't want to, I don't want to go all mental health and have to do like breathing techniques. I just like to point out, I feel like this doorway is <laughs> not standard it, height. It's not up to code. <laughs> it's not up to code. That's why I'm really wide. <laughs> I'm Tracy. Uh, I'm Samantha. <laughs> Welcome to the suspended sentence. Dun, dun, dun. What are we talking about today? We are going to be talking about a woman named Teresita Besa. Mm. So she was originally from the Philippines, born in 1929. Oh, a long time ago. A long time ago. But Teresita in 1960 moved the moved. Ooh, hoo, hoo, hoo. Did you hear that? I like swallowed my. Yeah, she's a little wrong. anxious. I have a little bit of anxiety. I'm like starting to sweat. Panic attack you guys are all gonna, setting in. You guys are all going to get to see Tracy do mental health stuff. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> in real life. It's terrifying. Tap your fingers. <laughs> Five things you can see. Pink. Pink. Four, <laughs> it's a very pink closet. Four things you can hear. <laughs> My voice echoing down the... Okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's fine. Okay, so 1960, she had moved to Chicago from okay. the Philippines. Where she was working as a respiratory therapist at Edgewater Hospital. So, okay. off to a great start in Chicago. She was known to be a reliable worker and a quiet woman. Um, she was going back to school to get her doctorates in music. And was teaching piano lessons from her apartment. So, she loved music. From, like, the time she was, like, a kid, music was her gig. Awesome. And so, she was just, I mean, living, like, the American dream. Moved to America... Got mm-hmm. a great job, getting her doctorate's degree in music. Right. Like she's right. she's doing the damn thing. Right. Well, and all of that, working and doing I, all of it, like, good for her. Right. Especially in the 60s. Yeah. Like, think of the time. I know. And she's just Killing out there it. hustling. Absolutely. Moved to this huge city and is just mm-hmm. going for it. So, by all accounts, Teresita is the last person that you would expect to become a victim of a violent crime. Because... She went to work, she went to school, she was teaching piano, mm-hmm. seems like an, and as you know, we're talking about her, so we know how this probably yeah. is going to end. Right. So, Teresita loved living in America. Why did you just make that face? My glasses fell off my head and I didn't want them to break. <laughs> <laughs> I was anticipating the crash. I was looking at my <laughs> laptop and she was making the most god-awful face. This is a chaotic episode already. <laughs> Okay. Our listeners are so here for it. They, they comment the all the time about this stuff. 
think I live for this, let's be honest. So Teresita loved being in America. Uh, She had this great job, like we said. She was doing her music. She had even started a band with some of her... um, Oh my like, god. Co-workers and a couple of her cousins that nice. were living here. So she was just living her best life. And she um, like was very loved by those that knew her. She was very social, loved people, and didn't let anything keep her down. She was not one that had like a bad day. Everybody awesome. that knew her was like, this girl always had a great attitude. Perfect. Not Sam. She was the opposite of Sam. (laughs) Gum closets. (laughs) So she did not do um, drugs. She didn't drink. uh, But one of her friends said that she always would keep beer and a good scotch in her apartment for when she had people over. Oh, So she was like, I think that says a lot about her too. It's like she wasn't a drinker, but she always was like Mm -hmm. a great host and a warm person. Right. Wanted everybody to be comfortable. In her space. So 1976... The year I was born. <laughs> this um, That summer, Teresa... You should have seen the way she just looked at me. She was like, that's your era. Before the internet. <laughs> well, the summer you were born, Teresita's mother came to Chicago for a visit. And she was so excited to show her mom, like, the city that she had fallen in love with. And I can relate to that. Absolutely. I mean, you came down one year when I was living in Texas, and I was like, I'm going to show you the entire state of Texas. Oh, my God. She was miserable. Miserable. (laughs) She was there for a week, and I was like, I'm going to take you to the beach. I'm going to take you to here. And we, for the entire week, just drove. Seriously. I showed you the state of Texas. Seriously, with five kids in the damn car. But I get that. You want to show people, like, Yeah, and it was awesome. It It was miserable at the time, but now, looking back, it was very cool. It was fun. I had fun. To do once. (laughs) You don't want to do it again? Uh, So she was super excited to do that with her mom, as well as she was really excited to have her mom meet her friends. Sure. So that's, like, another thing, too, Mm -hmm. is you want your parents to, like, see the people that you're around. Yeah. It makes them, A, as a, like, child feel like, look, mom, I'm doing okay. Right. Because we all worry about our parents as well as much as our parents worry about, like, us. Yeah. You know? And we really love that, too. I remember, I mean, every time I went down to Texas, you had a huge barbecue in your backyard where everybody came so they could meet me, and yeah, I love it. I loved it. Moms love that. Yeah. And so she was just super, super excited about her mom. Like her mom's coming from the Philippines to visit, and she was just really excited about that. She was also really excited for her mom to meet her friend, Alan Showery. So from there, it's a great trip. Her mom has a great time. Her mom goes back. Flash forward to February 21st of 1997. It's around 3 p.m. Teresita, um... 20 years later. Yeah. Is, um, about to leave the hospital to head home when her friend, Alan, that I just mentioned, comes to meet Teresita to help to catch the bus with her. They lived nearby, and so they frequently took the bus together, which... And she's, what, like, 60 now? Yeah. Okay. So, um... They, on the bus, are discussing how her band had just, um, is probably going to be losing their drummer here soon, and he says, you know, if you need somebody, like, I know how to do drums, and she was like, oh my gosh, like, that would be fantastic, how about you come to our, like, upcoming show, Mm -hmm. and see if you, like, vibe with what we're doing. So, she said, you know what, I'll go ahead and get you a ticket and leave it for you, and just come to the show, see what you think. However, that evening, though, <clears throat> neighbors who lived down the hall from Teresita would contact the apartment building janitor when they smell smoke and are unable to pinpoint the origin. Concerned, the janitor calls the fire department before evacuating the bis- building's residents, 
When firefighters arrived, they located the source, Teresita's apartment. So thankfully, firefighters were able to get the fire put out very quickly, but uh, unfortunately, they realized that the fire wasn't accidental. In fact, it was used to hide a crime, Teresita's murder. Oh my God. Um, the ensuing investigation revealed further details about how the murder was a camouflaged was being camouflaged by arson, and Teresita had been stripped completely naked, and a butcher knife was plunged deep into her chest. Clothes were thrown all over her corpse, um, as well as her ma- a mattress placed over her body, which was then set on fire. Oh my gosh! And as, as an accelerant. Yeah. Oh my god. <sighs> so this left detectives like little doubt that. Yeah. This mur- this fire was set to destroy like evidence, i.e., her body, right, and any like fingerprints and things yeah. like that, uh, and any evidence that they could use to like connect yeah. the killer to being there. So, given the fact that Teresita had been found naked, de- detectives drew the conclusion that she was probably a victim of sexual assault. I don't know why we always should play her, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, to their surprise, the autopsy would reveal otherwise, though. She wasn't sexually assaulted. Hmm. So, left with no apparent motive and most physical evidence being destroyed from the fire, detectives were at a complete loss. Their only significant clue was that Teresita had written a note saying, get theater tickets for AS, which raised a question of who is AS. Over the next several weeks, detectives interviewed people who knew Teresita, her neighbors, her co-workers, her friends, her classmates, but this came up with no leads. No one had any idea who would want to murder someone universally considered as kind and polite. Despite many police for assistance, police failed to have any leads and soon the case would go cold. Mm. So nearly half a year after the murder, um, a woman named Remy Chua came forward. She also was from the Philippines and also worked with um, with Teresita at Edgewood Hospital. She told detectives that her co-workers, after her co-workers murder, she began having a dream about her. This is wild. This is like wild. <laughs> In her dreams, Teresita would be begging her to go to the police to tell her what, tell them what happened. According to Remy's husband, who was a doctor at that hospital, During these episodes, Remy began talking in her sleep, except the voice that he had heard did not belong to his wife. It was a voice he knew very well as Teresita's. Oh my God. (laughs) She told Remy's, um, she, Teresita, is said to have told Remy's husband that a man named Alan Showery had killed her. The voice revealing that Showery was an orderly who also worked at Edgewood Hospital. So, apparently, according to this husband, she was just, like, would be asleep. And this went on for weeks, apparently. And it just started out as, like, weird stuff. Like, why am I here? And he was like, whoa, that sounds like Teresita. Like, that's a voice I haven't heard in a long time. Because they were co-workers at this hospital. And then it got to, like, why are you going to the police? Why are you not doing anything about this? It's Alan. Alan killed me. Why are you not going to the police? And so, they were like, because I'm going to sound crazy (laughs) if i go to the police right because that's like who's gonna believe that that's wild right (sighs) so despite these explosive revelations remy would remember nothing when she woke up weird 
nothing about it. It's all recounted from the husband. In addition, the husband decided not to go to the police for quite a while. Um, once again, because yeah, he thought they were all going to think he's crazy. He's like, I'm a do- medical doctor. Like, this is crazy. Right. And he said that nobody wants to tell the police that they learned evidence about a violent crime from a ghost. Especially when there's absolutely zero evidence collaborating with their claims. So, apparently the husband, the next time this episode happened, said, you gotta give me something more. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can't just go and be like, oh yeah, this guy, Alan, killed Teresita. Like, you yeah. have no proof How of that. How do you know that? I don't know. Because she's appearing to me in the middle of the night. Yeah, no, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. So, Teresita's ghost was persistent, according to the husband. And she, again, would possess Remy while sleeping. And she said, why aren't you going to the police? He says, again, you've got to give me more. So she said, go to the police and tell them that um, Alan Showery had taken some of my jewelry and his girlfriend has it. Oh, there you go. That's something. And he's like, okay, that's enough. I'll go to the police. So upon hearing this account from Remy and her husband, detectives were rightfully very, like, I don't know, but, like, maybe we'll... We have nothing else to go on. So we'll check it out. We'll check into it. At least, I mean, hopefully they do. Right. (laughs) But one thing that did stand out, though, is Alan Showery did have the exact same initials, A.S., as written on the note that they had been investigating Mm -hmm. for the last year and a half. So they were like, okay, that's enough reasonable doubt that we can at least look into him, right? Sure. So what they found surprised them. Um, Cheryl had lived very close to Teresita. We knew that. They took the bus home together. Mm-hmm. And according to co-workers, he had been planning to go to her apartment that evening to fix her television the night that she was murdered. <clears throat> when detectives brought him in for questioning, he confirmed that he had indeed had gone to her apartment that evening, evening, but went home after he realized he didn't have the right tools to do the repair. Okay? Seems, mm-hmm. seems reasonable. Suspect, um, skeptical of these reaccounts of events, detectives then contacted his girlfriend. Following this lead, the girlfriend said mm, he did come home, but then he left again. I don't know where he went. Do they live together? Yeah. Okay. She's, like, long-time girlfriend, been together a couple years. And so the police were like, has Alan given you any, like, jewelry recently? And she was like, yeah, this ring. And I've got a couple other pieces at home. So after explaining that some jewelry was missing from Teresita's house, which the police didn't know because her whole family lives in, like, the Philippines yeah. other than a cousin, like, there's right. no one really to account to, like, mm-hmm. what she was gone. They got one of her friends, like, one of her close friends to come and look at the jewelry. The girlfriend was like, yeah, that's fine. Like, you can look at my jewelry. Which then was confirmed to have belonged to Teresita. Oof. The ring that was on her hand was Teresita's ring that her mother had given her a year before. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, think about this, though. As, like, if you gave me, like, a really nice ring, I would go to work and be like, oh, my gosh, look what my mom sent me. Like, yep. And a year before, you know that she was doing that. It mm-hmm. was a ring she wore regularly, so it was recognizable to coworkers and friends. Right. Right. That's probably the only reason they were able to be like, oh my gosh, that's her ring. Yeah. Well, and women like to talk about their jewelry. Right. Especially if it's meaningful. And especially, like, it sounds like her and her mom were really, really close. Yeah. And so, I'm sure she would have been like, look, my mama sent me this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So shortly after coming to this conclusion, Shaori confesses to the crime. Oh. He said he had left her apartment the first time and he planned to return just to rob her. He said, so she, like, when she had first moved to the city, like, he would go with her to, like, events and stuff that she didn't feel comfortable going to. And she always would, like, tip him Jesus for coming. Yeah. Like, cash. Like, a couple bucks. Five, five, ten bucks. And so he assumed she had, like, a bunch of money. She had $20 in her apartment. She was doing that because he was helping her out. Yeah. Not because she was, like... Loaded. Loaded and had all this money right. in her apartment. Uh, like I said, he, I hate that, that you just said that when she didn't feel safe somewhere, he is who she went to. I know. And he is who freaking murdered her. I know. Because in, because she was being kind, like she didn't have, she didn't she's have an immigrant she, to the States. She's going to college all the time. She's like fully supporting herself by herself. She's like contributing to society in a very positive way, loving people, taking care of people, bringing music into this world, doing all of this. And the man that she trusted when she didn't feel safe, who she went to betrayed her like that. Yeah. And he's like, she had to have all this money. She did not have all this money. (sighs) It's gross. And then what a piece of shit he steals from a woman he just killed and gives it to his freaking girlfriend. I know. What a vile human being. So he... Broke ass. Can't even go. Sorry. (laughs) So like I said, there was only $20 in the apartment. And so that's when he decided to take the jewelry. Because he was like, well, I'm going to get something. So he takes the jewelry. He said his plan was to mask the robbery as a sexual assault that unraveled. But... um, that got out of hand. He ended up stabbing her. He still wanted it to look like a sexual assault, so that's why he removed her clothing. Like the brain process, process is here is just not there for me. Super scattered. Yeah. So then he was like, "Oh crap, I've touched all this." So that's why he set the fire. <sighs> so that night, Teresita um, had received two phone calls before this. One at seven ten from friends to talk about selling a pair of tickets for the upcoming upcoming band event where she said hang on my friend is here i'm in him he might buy a ticket so that friend and then she had another call around 8 40 or about 20 minutes later at 7 30 that lasted about 20 minutes with just like her best friend the one who ended up identifying the jewelry where she was like oh i have a i have a male friend coming over to fix my tv i've got to go and that's why she got off the phone Mm-hmm. About eight, it was at eight forty when those fire when the firefighters responded to the fifteenth floor of her apartment, where they found her. So I mean, we're talking an hour after she got off the phone. Like this all happened very quickly. Jesus. So, Shaori goes to trial, and despite confessing his crimes to detectives, he pleads not guilty. Right. <laughs> when the trial ended in a hung jury. Seriously. Yep. It seemed like Shallery would get away with murder. But while he waited in prison for his retrial, he had a change of heart and decided to plead guilty. For a reduced sentence. Of course. Hmm. People whispered that it was Teresita's ghost that visited him in prison. It's why he had this change of heart. I think that he was scared that he was going to go back. Because it was a hung jury that he was going to go back to court and... 
lose, possibly. Get the book thrown at him. So a month later, nearly two years after Teresita's death, Showery pleads guilty to the killing. And um, while awaiting his new new um, sentencing and everything, at advice from his lawyers, they uh, decide not to go in front of a jury for, for sentencing. He was sentenced to 14 years for robbery and arson. Oh, my God. 14 years. For robbery and arson. What happened to the murder charge? They dropped it? They dropped the murder charge. He was patrolled from Statesville Correctional Center. Patrolled? Paroled? Paroled. <laughs> yeah, that's the word I meant. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Paroled from Statesville Correctional Center in July. Oh my gosh, I just realized that I'm really stupid. <laughs> it was not 1993. It was 1983. Okay. I'm an idiot. It's fine. Nobody caught it. <laughs> well, now they did. You should have ratted yourself out. If somebody would have. I feel like somebody would have been like, I've heard of this, and that was Check not the right your number, psycho. Get out of the closet. So he was patrolled. Get your breathing down. He's been out since the 90s. Holy crap. He's just living his life. And has he been a law-abiding citizen since I don't know. Then? I haven't found anything else about him, so I guess so. Possibly. So, homeboy just... Whatever. Robs, strips, murders, sets fire to his friend's home and gets 10 years. And That's and out of robbing, arson, and murder, what's the more significant crime? Clearly damaging people's property. Because that's what he gets convicted of, right? Surely he's still on probation or did he kill his number? <clears throat> Hard to say. Hard to say. Oh, my God. So, this, I just kind of want to break this down here for a minute. This case is wild. Yeah. A, we have her co-worker who solves this from her dreams. Right. Which I believe in, like, some stuff like that. So, I'm not saying that didn't happen. Well, I mean, clearly it happened because they had nothing and then that happened. And, I mean, how would her friend know that? Right. I mean, obviously it happened and it wasn't like, it wasn't information that came from the universe or a ghost or whatever you believe. <clears throat> it wasn't invalid information and it was true. Okay. Did his girlfriend leave him? Yeah. After she had his baby. Oh. Uh, she, she was pregnant. She was pregnant at the time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And he's just out right now. It's just out. Wow. <clears throat> I wonder what that looks like on so many other faucets too. Like, did he get out and does he have parental rights? Does he get out and does he, like, Jesus Christ. A woman that just works her ass off. Came here for the American dream, works her ass off. Mm-hmm. And is killed by somebody that, that she trusts. And and then everybody thinks that I'm so weird that nobody knows where I live. Right. That's why. It's shit just like that. I know. Like, literally, and I've said this in past episodes, no one knows where I live. Like, maybe two or three people. Like, I don't have people at my house. 
more so because my house is like my sanctuary from the world and I don't want people stopping by and interrupting my peace. (laughs) I just don't open, if you don't text me, even if you come to my house, if you don't text me, I'm not answering my door. No, no, it's your safe place from the whole world, right? Like I don't want... I just don't do that. I got a package. I'm waiting until you leave. But I'm then but then more and more cases like this and more and more stories like this. And it's just like, like literally we had to drive my daughter Coral and I drove three hours over a couple days ago to pick up the pigs. Mm-hmm. And we were going, we bought them on, you know, like a marketplace, like just a farm and ranch marketplace online. And I didn't know the people that we were getting them from, and neither does anybody that I know because I check, right? But we were driving to a rural area in the middle of nowhere where I knew that we weren't going to have cell phone service. I didn't just go. People knew where I was. I had my GPS on. You were watching it. Other people knew where I was going and what I was doing. Like, you just don't... We're too trusting in one single person. Like, it's just... And it's so disappointing that that's the way that the world has come to. I know. That everything is about bullshit, you know? How she much, must have a lot of she money. She must have a lot of money. She oh, well, she doesn't have up. money, so I'm going to take her stuff. Like, go get a job, bro. Well, and to me, like... Broke-ass loser. Think about how, like, scared as she realized what oh was happening. Oh, my God. And she's like, probably in her head, she's like, Alan? Like, uh, probably you're my friend. <laughs> you're my... Yeah, I trust you. What are you doing? <sighs> And then and she, I'm sure if he had said, I need a loan, she seems like the kind of person that would have done it. Right. But he didn't need a loan. He just wanted, wanted what other people had. And that's right. the thing is it's not like. Because if he needed, a, I mean, he would have hawked the stuff that he sold or he would have. And the arrogance, the arrogance in taking it and then giving it to his girlfriend. I know. What a piece of shit. But they didn't, but the police didn't even, like, that's why I'm like, okay, this has, there has to be truth by Remy's account and stories. A, because they caught the guy off of it. B, the police didn't even know jewelry was missing. Right. Because it's not like he took all the jewelry. So, Alan, if you like crime podcasts and you hear this, because we're in a hashtag it or whatever, and you hear this, fuck you. Literally go fuck yourself. Literally go fuck yourself. If you'd like to talk to us. Feel free to DM us. On why you're such a fuck. Piece of shit. <laughs> you give men such a horrible name. Like, literally. if you. And this is why women don't trust men. <laughs> this, is, this is why humans don't trust humans. Because Ugh. there are garbage humans like this out there that just get to walk the street. And congr- as she, like, invites you to join her band. As she's a contributing she's member like, to the world. Well, and, uh, I don't know. This one just makes me so, like, A, they all make me mad. But this one just makes me, I don't know. Yeah, no, I hear you. Like, join my band. Oh, I'll pay you to come She's fix my so TV. She's so nice. Yeah, oh, you're a drummer? Come and, come and be a part of this. That's how much she trusted him. I waited for you to get on the bus. Oh, like, there's a special hell in place in hell reserved for people like this. Seriously. Literally. Anyway, well. It's a short one, but I just was like. No, I like it. Thank you. I mean, it, it sucks, but thank you. Yeah. I have so many questions. Alan, go fuck yourself. Alan, seriously, go fuck off. All the way off. Literally. And I don't wish bad things on people, but I hope you're broke. I, yeah, literally. I hope, like, you never see your children. I hope you... I hope your children are protected from you. I hope you're miserable. 
Because, well, he's got to be if that's the crap that he's doing. Whatever. I hope you're not allowed to work at hospitals. <laughs> yeah. He worked at a hospital. How old would he be? He would probably be in his 80s now. Probably. He probably doesn't listen to podcasts. He's probably, I don't know, our population. If any of you know Alan Showery and you like go to see him, tell him that Tracy hey, and Samantha say to fuck yeah. off. Check out this podcast. Just listen to it. They talk about what a piece of shit you are. I don't know. I mean, if you look at, like, our analytics or whatever, we do have an older audience. Oh, that's true. We do. All right. So. All right. All right. I see you. I see you. Absolutely. Okay. So. Thank you, guys. All right. Stay safe.